the This Week in Music History podcast with Marty Miller from Nova.ie and Radio Nova. Hello there. Well, another week to take a look at in music history. It's kind of like Back to the Future, isn't it? Wait a minute. We're looking forward at stuff that happened backwards. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It is the week of October 10th until 14th. The final goodbye to Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham this week in 1980. Joe Wood divorces Ronnie Wood this week in 2009. And in 1974, Blondie play their first gig in New York as Blondie. But do you know how they got their name? Oh, was it the girl with the blonde hair? Might have been. 1902, let's go back a fair old bit now. 1902, why? Well, because it's kind of important. The Gibson Mandolin Guitar Company was formed this week in 1902, October 10th, 1902 to be exact. How exactly does a Gibson Mandolin sound? Of course, the list of Gibson players is absolutely endless. King Crimson in 1969 this week gave us their debut album in the court of the Crimson King. Now, in King Crimson was a fellow called Robert Fripp. You might know of him of late because of what he does with his wife Toya in their kitchen every Sunday afternoon. It's not saucy. Well, actually, some of it kind of is. Uh, Anyway, never mind all of that. Robert Fripp being the founding member of King Crimson played on this record all the way back in 1969. They were the second greatest progressive rock album of all time, this one, behind Pink Floyd's Dark Side. In 1980 this week, the funeral took place of Led Zeppelin's drummer John Bonham. Bonzo was found dead at uh, Jimmy Page's house after, well, basically inhaling on his own vomit. He was just 32 years of age, God bless him. The service was at the tiny 13th century Paris church at Cutmill Green near Kidderminster, less than a mile from the star's luxury farm home. But it was a million miles from the industry that made and perhaps destroyed him. Apart from the other members of the band, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant and John Paul Jones, it was just family and friends who packed the church for the quarter-hour service. And from another great drummer to another, and this time, as we mentioned John Bonham a second ago, well, he'd be a hero of this guy. Dave Grohl played his first gig with Nirvana when they played in a place called the North Shore Surf Club, sounding like this. in 2009 that 54-year-old Joe Wood, wife of Rolling Stone Ronnie, was granted a divorce after 24 years of marriage. It made me grow up and it made me become independent and and pay my own bills and look yeah. after myself, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. I hadn't done any of that ever, so I thought... I'm going to get out there. So I started going clubbing with my friend Michael and, yeah. and just got out and, and yeah. got over it that way. 
I went to see this guy. I, I had, went and did a sort of talk, and this guy said, uh, by forgiving somebody, you break away from them, mm -hmm. and, so. um, and by holding on to resentment and mm -hmm. hate, you keep that with you. So by the forgiveness, you let go of all of that, and you're free of it. 1974, Blondie appeared at CBGB's in New York City under the name Blondie for the first time. They had been playing there as something else. But how do they come by the name? Every time Debbie Harry walked down the street, truck drivers would scream out of their trucks, Hey Blondie! While we're on the subject of punk, whilst living at the Chelsea Hotel up Midtown from CBGB's in Manhattan in 1978, Sex Pistol Sid Vicious called the police to say that someone had stabbed his girlfriend. But he refused to respond to any of the reporter's questions and shoved persistent microphones out of his path. The grand jury will decide whether or not to indict Vicious for murder. If he is indicted, the case moves to the Supreme Court for further action. Are you having fun at the moment? you kidding? Oh, I'm not having fun at all. Where would you like to be? Under the ground. This week in 2021, so one year on, we lost Chieftain Paddy Maloney at the age of 83. He played on all 44 of the Chieftain's records and, of course, was involved in sessions for Gary Moore, Paul McCartney, Don Henley and Sting. Break the bravest in the field. 1970 we go, Janis Joplin's ashes were scattered on a beach in California. She'd been found dead the week before in a motel in Hollywood on the 4th of October, but there was good reason she died. Janis Joplin was spending $200 a day on heroin. They were just waiting for the day they'd get that phone call. In 1984 this week, you 2 were top of the UK album charts. The album was The Unforgettable Fire, and from it, this unforgettable song. And the trees are stripped of all they Do you remember The Simpsons, where Ringo Starr appeared and he was talking with his butler about writing back to fans? Sir... If you're forgiven, old Brick, for his impertinence, your devotion to your fans is nothing short of remarkable. Well, Weatherby, they took the time to write me, and I don't care if it takes me another 20 years. I'm going to answer every one of them. Well, in 2008, that all ended. In a video message on his website, Ringo said... Peace and love, peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after... The 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace and love, peace and love. We mentioned Robert Fripp of King Crimson a while back because earlier this week they gave us their debut album. Well, Robert Fripp was involved in 1977 with David Bowie. And uh, Bowie this week gave us his 12th album, Heroes, which of course Robert Fripp played guitar on. 
This was all done part of the Berlin sessions that David Bowie and Brian Eno had been working on. Bowie loved his Berlin time. I had a, an apartment there above an auto shop on the Hauptstrasse. I went back to see it on the last tour and I really got pangs of... Um, it really became a home for me, Berlin, at that time. It was a good place to be. I enjoyed it because there seemed to be such a lot happening in Berlin at the time. Finally then, in 1988, Def Leppard became the first act in chart history to sell 7 million copies of two consecutive LPs. Pyromania, the one that came out in 1983, and in 1987, they gave us Hysteria. Here's Joe on why it took so long to do Hysteria. Hysteria took three years to make. Well, did it really? Uh, We started writing the album in February of 1984, and it was released in August of 1987. So you could say it was actually even longer. But the fact is that we didn't start recording until uh, August of 84. That was with a guy called Jim Steinman, and then all those sessions were scrapped. So the actual record that you hear didn't really get recorded until mid-85. So truth is the album actually that you listen to when you hear the album Mysteria took about 18 months to record. Joe Elliott of Def Leppard wrapping up this week in music history from October 10th until 14th. That is how we do it. We do it daily on the radio. We take a look at the day in music history. Then you got your little podcast that happens weekly and of course you can find out so much more on Nova.ie. My name is Marty Miller. Thank you so much for listening.